Welcome to Your Two Cents, the podcast, made by Canadian Content Studios in partnership with credit unions. Hi, I'm Jonathan Torrens. Whether we have it or not, know a lot about it or nothing at all, way too many of us live with this cloud of shame that the subject of money casts over us. But why is that? Most of us have debt. That's pretty normal. In fact, the only weird thing about it is how weird it feels to talk about it. In this special two-part episode, Alicia and Sylvia have gathered an incredible group of women to open up and share all about their personal experiences with money. First, you'll hear about their relationships with it growing up, and next time, how they feel about money now as adults. This is Debt Roundtable Part 1. So last year... Sylvia and I had a really wonderful conversation about debt and it was honestly the first time that I really sat down to talk about debt and realized that debt and my financial health had been so significantly connected to my physical and my mental health. Uh, we had a wonderful conversation, but I felt kind of gross at first having the conversation and I think it's because we don't really talk about it. So Ton. Talk to me about what money was like in your house growing up. Did you ever talk about money growing up? I think the only time we talked about money was really to know that there wasn't a lot of it and uh, we need to make it. And I think that kind of set me up to kind of be stressed about money at an early age. Like I saw my parents working. I knew I needed to work er as early as I could. And I just wish that there was more conversations around the importance of money, but also like how that money can last into the future. But you yeah, know, there wasn't a lot of extra. So we didn't have the financial planning talks. We didn't have, oh, let's set up a savings account. It was just survival mode. And I think that kind of set the stage to really make me feel a certain way about money and talking about money. Like I was never comfortable talking about money growing up. I would say same situation for me. My parents worked really hard, but we never had extra. So it was all about we need to pay this bill, we didn't need to get to this next month, and so there was no forward thinking, and yeah, definitely survival, and I think it does impact how you look at money, how you feel about it. I did the same thing as you. I ended up working like eight jobs when I was in university, and, and not really thinking about what I was doing with that money, but just kind of like a hamster on a wheel, which yeah. is, is not really smart either. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think we really ever talked about it. It was just really a point of tension in our household. Yeah. And so we didn't really learn, you know, how to save it or how to budget or anything like that. And we didn't even learn that in school. No. I'm like, our parents have their own business and they've worked hard for everything they have. But we were very similar to like what we had is what we had. There was no more, no less. Um, and I think that that's very much my motto or was my motto yeah. for a very long time. It, was, uh, it wasn't really budgeting. It was just, what can I get out of what I have? Because there's no more, no less than that. So. And how to make like the dollar stretch. Yeah. Like there was a lot of clever ways <laughs> when we were growing up to make that you know, money lasts a little bit longer or like clever things to do like around the house or like back to school was a huge stress time for us because through three kids and my parents just, you know, there wasn't enough sometimes. So I think those are like the little lessons that kind of stuck with me. Yes. <laughs> you have to get crafty for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think so. You still want the things. Right. You still yeah. you still want to wear the clothes and look cute or, you know, go out with your friends. And so I don't know if this is true for y'all, but like you figure out a way mm. and you know, you, you kind of come to realize that if you want something, you have to work for it. And that's just 
how it is. It's not just going to fall in your lap, which in some ways I think isn't the worst thing. I think it gives you a strong work ethic. But to your point earlier, I, I do wish that I had a mindset of investing and thinking about retirement. I like sad to say, but I only just started thinking about this recently and I'm 36 years old, you know? So yeah. But I think my experience was a little bit different on the surface, but also the same. So my mom grew up very, very poor, like very, very poor. And she talked to us about that a lot as kids. And there was four of us growing up and my dad had a very bad gambling addiction. So they both, he worked very hard. My mom worked very hard, but obviously that is very difficult on a family. So she tried to hide that from us. And I knew that from quite a young age, I could see her being stressed about money. I would hear you know, arguments and things happening about money. But then she would turn around and try to shield us from that, you know, as you do, mm-hmm. right? Trying to shield your kids. And you know, she was doing the best she could with what she had at the time. But that really affected me in a way that I really got stressed about money a lot and started thinking, okay, what can I do? How can I help? You know, like 12 years old, right? So definitely wasn't a lot of it, but we were almost taught and led to believe that everything's fine. Don't worry. You know, the lights just aren't working because the power is out, you know, those kinds of things. But there comes an age when you realize there's something else going on here. So I had a lot of anxiety around money and finances and keeping it and not letting anyone else touch it. And that's really affected me today to the point where as I control all the money in our house because my mom did that. And in my mind, it's like, you know, when you did school projects in high school, (laughs) I'll just do it. (laughs) Give me, give me, give me, me, right? So it was, that's my way. And I recognize that that's my way of trying to control it and make sure that we're okay. Everything's okay. And that I know that that comes directly from that experience as a kid. Totally. And I come from a my mom was an immigrant to the country, came with nothing, worked really hard. She had to redo her education again, spoke, didn't speak the language, had to go through all these steps in her life. And I was kind of the same thing. There was, I don't, I know that there were times my dad owned his own business. There were definitely times where there were peaks and valleys. We were definitely shielded from the valleys and it was always, you know, led to believe. And in our case, I think sometimes it was almost very distracting, like we might live in a really beautiful neighborhood, but then you're hearing a conversation about something where things maybe aren't so great. And so that was really complicated because there was a huge facade almost going on about what did we have versus what were they showing that we had. And And what's important. And what's important. What's important to tell other people or show other people. Totally. And so it comes from this like stoic, everything's fine. I've gone through so much already, but what are we doing now? And then when I became older, I had no idea about anything. I just started learning about retirement too. I only started investing a couple years ago. I went through, you know, buying my first house with having no idea. I was like, okay, we have enough for a down payment and now we have a house. What else are we doing to look after ourselves later? So our parents, I think our parents were so worried about not talking about money at all. If we don't talk about the good or the bad, it just doesn't exist. But then you show up as an adult in the world and you have no idea what to do with yourself. But that work ethic and all those things came from in through our myself and my sister as same thing. The minute I turned 12 and could get my babysitting thing, I'm babysitting, totally. I I must have needed to be a mature 12, but same thing, it was like turned whatever age, I think it was like 14 or 15 when you could work. On my birthday, got a job, like all those milestones were so important to be making my own money. So I felt like I wasn't being a burden on anybody. I could buy my own clothes and I could keep up with my friends at school because I'd work and save my paychecks for my, you know. And it's control, like going back to what you said, it's definitely control because when you've grown up without, you Mm. don't want to feel that way anymore. So if there's something that you can do about it, 
you're going to keep going. Like right. nothing is stopping you. Yeah. yeah. And I'm really grateful too. Like I think we were very lucky as kids that we didn't really know that we didn't have a lot in a sense that like I had everything I needed. Oh, and and more. Yeah. More. And then now as we're adults, we'll talk about like the nostalgia of certain foods or certain things we had as kids. And my mom will be like, well, we only had that because that's all we could afford. And I'll be like, mm. but it was like my favorite meal. Yeah. Like I had yeah. no, like, we love pasta and tomato, like yeah. tomato <laughs> with butter. It's like one of my favorite meals, but it was like all my parents could afford at the time. But for me, it's this beautiful nostalgic meal. Whereas my right. mom in her brain has felt so guilty right. serving that to me because it was all she had, but yeah. we didn't really know that. No, right, I talk right, about right. the dollar store cookies. They're one of my favorite cookies yeah, as right. a kid, but realizing now that they did such a good job of shielding us for that. So as much as I'm grateful for that shielding, I think that it goes the opposite way too, that we were shielded from having conversations that could have been really beneficial for us yeah. once we and hit adult, uh, adulthood. And then makes you wonder, well, why did we have to be shielded from that, mm -hmm. right? And it, well, it's okay, right? But then you kind of take that with you, and like, should I be shielding talks yeah. about money? Like you said, you know, you had that conversation with Sylvia and felt a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm thinking shame. I yeah. think there's like a weird, right. there's a weird vibe with money. Right. You know, like you said, you felt icky when you were talking yeah. about it. And even when we share things afterwards, you're like, oh, is that an overshare? What am I allowed to talk about? Right. Like, yeah. you feel sort of funny about it. And I think it's really, like, it's curious to yes. me how we got there. And I think if we're kind of putting it on a shelf and never talking about the good parts about it, I think we are missing out a little bit. Of course, we don't want to burden our children with all the right, things, and yeah. yes, let's make all the, the best memories ever, but yeah, I think there's like, we need to Teaching unpack moments that too, right? Yeah. Why, why yeah. do we feel that way? Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's interesting that you say that, you know, now in your relationship and your marriage, how you see money, like, you know, now you have two incomes right. going in and how you feel about that. I'm the same way, like I grew up, my mom, kind of did all of the yeah. money stuff, you know, she was the one that, you know, paid all the bills, knew yeah. when stuff was due, who owed who, and all yeah. that stuff. Um, so I did that for myself all the way until I got married, and then there's this big discussion when you get married, you're like, okay, everything's in one pot. You're like, but is it? Yeah. <laughs> is it one pot? Right. Like, what, who's what watching this pot? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, but, but like, yeah. but yeah. what yeah. if? I'm just like, give me the pot. Yeah, yeah. I have the pot. And so I feel like <laughs> even now, I'm struggling. Like, I've been with my husband, you know, together for like, two decades almost, mm -hmm. but we still have this weird, like I'm still very weird about talking about money, even with him. Mm -hmm, yeah. And and he grew up in a very different financial situation. Right. And, you know, he did have like some of the similar like experiences I did growing up, but they were almost on the other spectrum where their family was very financially literate and they learned all about savings and investings. And there was a lot of like, you know, diverting your finances and like having multiple streams of income. And like, I didn't grow up like that because that wasn't, I'm not gonna use this word, I know it's tossed around, but privileged yeah. Yeah. to kind of have that 100%. experience. Yeah. yeah, and it's a form of literacy that yeah. isn't, available to everyone you know if you're growing up that way my partner studied finance in school so he you know learned that's that. what Jan did too of course of course <laughs> <laughs> they're like the same yeah. but yeah Travis taught himself and yeah. so uh, thankfully we have those conversations and actually we're like we're pretty okay to have money conversations but I think it's because 
he has this knowledge and he does it for a living, so he doesn't feel funny about it at all. Right. And it kind of like rubs off on me. But outside of that, that's what I'm like, I don't know, like what am I allowed to talk about? But I think that we we should be moving more towards like, I know Alicia, you've posted things in the past and I'm like, yes, like mm -hmm. let's have more of these conversations online. And yeah. when you shared that, we had a conversation in DMs that I'm sure you had more than one. <laughs> but I, I think the more we do it, the better. And like when you mentioned that you didn't learn it in school. Mm. I was thinking, yeah, nothing. nothing. I did. I learned a little bit in school. Did you? Yep, good. in grade eight. I really? remember. Yep, in. Um, Go Cape Breton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good old French immersion. Um, I did it in like a PDR class, and so we all had to pick. But I made a rookie move. I thought I was going to be a dentist when I grew up, so <laughs> I thought I didn't have any problems coming my way because I was going to be balling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember they were like, pick your profession. These are the salaries for that profession. These are all of your expenses for every month. So this is where you're going to live, or these are your bills. Oh, and so we- I would have yeah. loved that. That's yeah. really smart. Yeah. That's so smart. So there was a little bit. And then I did like accounting in, uh, in uh, high school, sorry. So I, you know, there's the, columns, whatever, you have to balance them. Did not have that either. <laughs> did you guys? I definitely think I did like activities like that. And right. I think I, I did accounting in high school, but I don't remember. But it's not relevant to you in that moment. It didn't resonate. Right? Yeah. So you don't, you, you're, when you're a kid, you're like, my mom's got this sorted. Yeah, right. I don't need to learn this. <laughs> yeah. why, why Shout out to my mom for doing my taxes. Yeah, and it's, I think too, it's one of those things that you just said, it wasn't really relevant yeah. at the time. And then I turned 18 and I was able to get a credit card. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, someone's going to give me money. I'm like, rich. And I was like, this time, it was this mini student, $500 student visa. Uh, in my brain, I was like, I'm going to make more than that biweekly. No matter how I max it out, I'll be fine. And then all of a sudden, my bank was like, here's more money. You can have more credit. You can have more credit. And that's where. I was like, okay, cool. And then eventually it was too deep for me to even do anything about it. It happens so much quicker than I think people realize because especially when you're using a card, so they always say use cash, right? Because yeah. if you have $100, you want to keep your $100. If you're using a card, then it's like, oh, oops, I just bought a Chanel purse. Like, yeah. how'd that happen? <laughs> six, six grand later. And then, oh, 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 I just went out for dinner and spent 200 bucks. It's so easy to do that. And if you're not kind of like checking back, which who teaches you to do that, right? You're like, I have all the money in the world. Visa's right. giving it to me. So <laughs> yeah. it's so easy to happen. And I think we have a lot of judgments around money. And I don't think that it's fair because there's so many things that contribute. There's so many right. reasons for how people get where they are. Or maybe that's just where you started and you are just trying your best. Right. You know? Well, and everybody's trying their best, exactly. right? Like you said, there's so many outside reasons 100%. and there's so many things that we don't control in terms yeah. of society and the way things are going and wages and inflation. And there's so many different things that contribute to and other structural systematic factors so many things yeah. right but people feel like it is a personal problem yeah right yeah. of yeah. course there's personal responsibility of yes. course yeah. but it's not just personal responsibility there's so many other contributing you factors you don't have the financial literacy if you're making decisions that are bigger than you maybe right. buy a house you can't afford and then you something goes wrong and you can't fix it there's right. just yeah. there's so like there's things. so much yeah. stuff yeah, yeah. the credit unions got their start giving loans to small businesses that weren't seen as viable by others. They were also the first place to lend money to women on their own, and credit unions brought the first ATMs to Canada. 
So aside from being trailblazers, their people and community-first attitude makes them the perfect place for all your money matters. Whether you're opening your first account, looking for a mortgage, or just seeking some simple advice for saving, they'll take care of you. Credit unions are proud to sponsor Your Two Cents, the podcast, because they know the more we talk about money, the less scary it'll be. Now that we're older and we've all kind of moved through all of these phases of life that we're in now, what do you wish your parents taught you when you were younger that you wish had carried through your life? I wish I would have known that debt was normal. Hmm. And it was okay. it's okay yeah, in some instances. Like, I think that the consensus that I've gotten after opening up and having sharing my story and talking to people is that there's just this looming cloud of shame that people have over their head when it comes to debt. And like my sister, like doing everything right, like it, on paper, uh, has her master's, a teacher, her husband's a Red Seal electrician, they own a home, they have two cars, they have a baby. On paper, they followed the step, they've got a dog. Like they followed <laughs> the steps of right. this, the, the stereotypical normal way to travel through life and they can't feel as successful as they should feel because they're carrying a debt, but the debt is normal. And in order to have the things right. that they have, you had to get that debt. So I think just having those conversations makes it easier and it, it gets people away from feeling shame around that and more apt to ask questions because I didn't ask questions until it was too late for me to ask questions. Until I was so far into debt that my credit score was shot and we were having debt collectors call and I was so scared to answer my phone and yeah. then we're having conversations with debt collectors who are awful and yeah. just this looming feeling and sense of like in accomplishment whereas I just was struggling like I didn't have a job we were living paycheck to paycheck I just needed help right. and not a single person wanted to help me and I think that I wish somebody would have said like you're okay though like this is right no, like, yeah. you're, I'm also yeah. living paycheck you, to paycheck we also, right. like, we're, we're all, <laughs> yeah. I get you right. yeah. yeah so I think when I opened up and shared that people were like oh wow okay, like yes. me too. Right. And it was like a big moment for me to realize that I had felt, and I think that my whole platform in general is I made myself feel alone, mm. made myself feel like it's this personal thing right. when if we just started talking to each other about it, right. like the debt collectors wouldn't get away with the things that they mm -hmm. say on the phone and the things that they make people, vulnerable people do. And so I think that that's kind of where I wish is that I would have known that debt is normal it's not a shameful thing, so that when I carried it, I wouldn't have been felt ashamed to ask questions sooner than I did. Right? Yeah, because you're not going to ask for help if you're embarrassed. Yeah. And if, especially if you think you're one of the only ones, yeah. right? But if you knew everybody else, like the majority of people were also carrying around debt, and lots of people continue to live paycheck to paycheck. It's yeah. very much that, a reality. That's going to be a reality for, for a lot of people forever. Yes. Yeah. Right? Kind of getting worse, right? Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. Right. The yeah. pandemic really just definitely shifted a lot of things for a lot of people. And like the other, to your point, like you feel like you're alone, but also to get information right. or to like to know that there's like people you can talk to or like there's different things that you could do to help bring down your debt in a healthy way or like a manageable way. Yeah. Or like you can call banks yeah. on the phone so you don't have to go in person and yeah. so you know it's Rhonda from wherever she's gonna walk you through what to do and help you you know make uh, 
savings deposits that just like repeats. You don't have to worry, you don't have to think about it. There's so much stuff that you can do, but if you think, I have to face it, I have to like go stare at someone, and that's a totally different thing. Yeah. I wish someone had told me that even when you do all the right things, you're still gonna be living paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> yeah, right. Because you sort we of- We were sold a false yeah, idea. Yeah, I think yeah. our parents had a very different situation, mm -hmm. and I don't know, we have a similar education background and it costs a lot of money to be a teacher, to make no money, you know? And it's, it's a job that people look at as a great job to have, but to pay back that, I'm still paying back my student loan and I'm 36 years old and I didn't even get hired in the job that I went to school for because there was a massive recession literally the year I graduated. So it just did not work out. But yeah, I, I feel like there was, I don't know about you, but I felt a bit of like, anger and resentment in that moment because right. it's like oh I did the things you told me to do right. and I'm not where I want to be yeah. and I don't know what to do about it mm -hmm. I don't know how to fix it and it, that's where the shame comes right, for shame, sure right. yeah, yeah absolutely and everyone cheering you on but oh you went to university and then, you, then you look at your Why friends who you went teaching? to trades and they're like balling and <laughs> you're still in school working writing all these papers and you have all this debt and they're like you know working and making money but again that's perceived you yeah, think right. that they are who yes, knows so I think it's funny we were talking about, you know, people were talking about when you're younger and growing up and my mom used to tell us stories about how she would be so embarrassed to go to school with lobster sandwiches every single day. And that didn't make sense to me, right? That didn't make sense to me because I didn't get to go to school with lobster sandwiches. But the difference then was that was a, you know, she classified as a poor man's food. And she would get bullied and made fun of for taking those sandwiches to school. And again, she carried all of that with her as she was younger. And my nanny, her mom, worked five different jobs at times and did whatever she could just to put lobster sandwiches in their lunch boxes, right? So for her as a kid, she carried all of that with her as she got older. And then she kept all of that anxiety around money and you know passed it on. But again, you know, they parents do the best that they can with what they know and I know for me now I'm now a parent I have children one of my biggest goals is to better myself and my own financial literacy so that I can pass on healthy thoughts and healthy habits when it comes to money to my kids because you gotta you know it has to stop somewhere yeah. you gotta stop it can you yeah. imagine if your kids asked you to Send them to school with lobster no. sandwiches in 2022. It's like a lobster roll. First of all, how are we storing it? Like from a food safety standpoint. I'd like some melted butter with that as well. Right. Drizzle. Yeah. Just open up the lunchbox. Yeah. Everyone would be so jealous. It's outrageous how like how much that's changed. I thought about having one at Subway the other day, but I pulled up and I think the footlong was like twenty five ninety nine or something. Oh, wow. Absolutely not. Turkey it is. Cold cut. Cold cut. Was your nanny like in the fisheries or a fisherman? Or yeah, fish, so fisher she person? was did fishing. Yeah. She helped people build. She yeah. worked at it. She opened up her own convenience store. She yeah, yeah she kind of did incredible. it all. She did it all and she lived to one hundred and three. So yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. It's a, a really interesting thing because it's the trauma of money sort of passes through yes. generationally and you talked about back to school being a really stressful time for you is it still a stressful time for you it it is um, I think I'm less stressed about it you know now you know, I have two kids in school but when Mia was leaving the daycare world and going into school for the first time 
I wasn't actually stressed about it, but I remember like I need to tick everything off on this list, and I make I need to make sure she has everything because there were many first days of school where I didn't have 60% of the things, mainly because there were, I didn't know how to communicate those needs from school to my parents, and there's a language barrier that that's beyond. But also, I kind of felt guilty right, saying I ask. need mm-hmm. this brand new thing or like this thing that we never owned before. So I just didn't let my parents know. I tried to do a lot of things on my own and I think I'm still that way but with me at started school I remember immediately I had this anxiety. It's like I need to check everything off. She needs to have every single thing in that list. Right. The first day. The first day. Yeah. I don't want her to feel like how I did walking into a classroom not sure if I even have the right binder size color pocket no fasteners whatever it is that they have now. Pink highlighter. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're so specific and then I rang everything in. I got I collected everything. I just, for fun, I added up the receipts, and we reused her backpack from daycare, so that was, you know, $60 that I saved, but also backpacks are $60 now. Right. Right. Okay. And they're tiny. They're tiny. They barely carry a lunch bag. <laughs> but I added everything, it was hundreds of dollars. Mm-hmm. If you were to buy everything new, and I like, I think 30% of the items that first year were from Dollarama. You know, Dollarama, yes, yeah. and it's supposed to be the most you know cost-efficient way to, right. but it wasn't. And then I started having this anxiety for like, I'm like, well, who's going to show up in our class or a class? And yeah, and I think that just I think that will always stick with me a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, I don't want my kids to feel without, but then how do you make sure that they aren't without, but also understand the importance and I'm appreciating, appreciating not going through that experience. Yeah. How do we do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, without being like, so when I went to school, this happened, and then you're like giving the, yeah. the trauma to them. But like in some ways, they kind of, it's good to sort of know that maybe not everyone has the same capacities, well, or I don't know. I don't. I shouldn't be commenting. Yeah, but. but you talked about you talked about you know filling backpacks for other children who may be in need, right? So I think yeah. that's a good opportunity to include your kids in that and saying, you know, this year we're going to donate five backpacks to students who may not have, you know, their families may not have the ability to get all of their supplies. And then I think that's a age-appropriate way to open up that discussion, right? Not all families have the same amount of money, the same opportunities. Mm-hmm. They don't have the same things available to them. And when right? you have, you also give. Right, it's a perfect way. You got to a place that, yeah. you know, you came from scarcity and thinking, oh, I have to make all this money to being like, oh, actually, no, I can also give back, which I right. think is incredible. And it definitely shows your growth with money instead mm-hmm. of feeling like oh I just have to like tread water and not really you know think about it but I think when you get to a place where you're like no actually I can do this I think that's incredible and we that that's the goal right that's why we all want to go further so we can help others and I think as long as we hold on to that and yeah. chat about that with our kids then mm-hmm. that's the way to go you have a relatively new little person in this I world. Do, yeah. So you, you know, Alicia had mentioned earlier that she really admires you because you did all the right things. Mm-hmm. And then you made the comment of, but I'm still living paycheck to yeah. paycheck. So how does that feel, not necessarily that, but hearing these stories of how that's getting passed on, how does that sort of sit with you? I think that I sort of, especially when it comes to my son, I get in this mindset of that I'll get him whatever he wants. <laughs> and that probably doesn't You're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> It probably doesn't help the paycheck to paycheck bit. So sometimes I'm like, ooh, probably don't need to get him a toy every time we go into a store. But if he smiles at it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I, the main thing that I want to do is make sure that he knows 
that money just doesn't grow on trees because there's a balance between, you know, hey, you, you can have whatever you want and them not understanding that, you know, mom and dad work really hard for this and we have to budget. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. Alicia, have you ever lied to someone about how much money you make? Oh, all the time. <laughs> See, that wasn't so hard. Turns out we all have more things in common than we probably realize when it comes to money. So here's to getting it out in the open and sharing tips and tricks and no longer making the subject a secret shame you keep to yourself. Thanks so much to the women on our panel for being so open. It's funny, my first paying Mick job as a kid was at a fast food restaurant in Halifax. I was 15 years old, making $2.05 an hour and, best part, got a free meal every shift. I was so pumped I'd tell anyone who would listen. But no question, no matter how you grew up, talking about money can feel kind of gross, which is one of the reasons we make this podcast with our partners at credit unions, who are real Atlantic Canadian people just like us, who know that this subject can be scary and are there to help answer any and all questions you might have. Thanks for listening. <laughs>